Praise God and welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries and so delighted to have you here with us today. And before we get into scripture, let's pray. Dear Lord God, Jehovah, most awesome and wonderful Lord God, we just praise your most magnificent name, Lord God. And I just want to say thank you for allowing us to have this time together to partake in your word, Lord God. Lord God, I ask that you would prepare the hearts and the minds and the spirits of those that would be listening to this message, Lord God, to receive the words that are coming forth and that they would get planted deeply within our spirit so that they would come bubbling up any time that we need them, Lord God. Take this message where you will for your glory, for your honor, and for your praise. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Well, praise God. Once again, welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. and so glad to have you here with us as we uh, go into scripture today. But before we get into it, uh, won't you take a moment if you don't have your Bible and pause this message and uh, grab your Bible, grab something to write with and, and something to take notes on. And, and that way you can take some notes as Holy Spirit so guide you or highlight things in scripture. And then go ahead and resume this message because it's always important that you're able to see for yourself what the word of God um, has to say. So getting right into scripture, we're going to go to the book of Matthew and we're going to go to Matthew chapter six. <clears throat> Matthew chapter six. And we're going to go to verse number one. Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound the trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing that your charitable deed may be in secret and your father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men or shortly I say to you, they have their reward. But when you, when you pray, go into your room and when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Underline all of verse 26, uh, excuse me, verse number six there. But when you pray, go into your room and when you have shut the door, pray to your father who is in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Notice what Jesus is instructing his disciples to do here. Okay. He's telling them that first and foremost, anytime you do anything good, don't go around bragging about it. All right. When we do things that are good for people, we shouldn't be going around beating ourselves on the chest or patting ourselves on the back and, and telling everyone, Hey, look at all the great things that I had done. These are things that we're supposed to be doing in secret. And God will decide whether or not he's going to make those things known to, to, to other people. The other thing that, that Jesus is instructing his disciples to do is to say, when you go and talk to God and when you're praying, go into a place where it's quiet, go into a secret place because God, the father sees in secret. And when you do these things quietly, when you do these things secretly, he will then reward you openly. Now, don't mistake that there is a time for, don't misunderstand here. There is a time for corporate worship. There's a time for corporate prayer, but there's also time for that one-on-one -on -one time that we actually need to spend with God. And so today I want to talk about having a spiritual war room. Okay. Having a spiritual war room, because when you have a spiritual war room, this is your secret place where you can shut out the outside world. This is the secret place that you can go into to, to pray to God and to, to really, really, really seek his face and allow him to talk to you. 
Whatever we do for God shouldn't be done based on whether or not someone is looking at us. We should do it to please God and then let him decide whether or not he wants to make that public. Okay. And if we can have that kind of inward focus, then he will instruct us on what path we can, we, we should actually take. So if we need to be able to get out of this, this boasting of here's who I am as a Christian in terms of boasting in front of others and allowing pride to get into our lives and, and, and trying to have everybody look at us and say, look at me, 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 look at all the good that I'm doing. Look at, look at how I pray. Listen to the words that I use. As I, as I'm praying, because I want everybody to follow me and I want everybody to look after me. No, our walk as Christians is never about us. It's always, always about, about God, about God. In order to be able to get uh, instruction, we need a place where we can go and secretly communicate with God. This is where having a war room comes in handy because a war room creates a place for you to take your problems to God. It allows you to be able to go and talk to God quietly. It allows you to go talk to God secretly and be able to say, Lord, these are the problems that I'm actually having. Uh, I, I need some assistance. How do I actually go about solving this problem? What path should I take? Who should I go talk to? Well, if you have a spiritual war room, you can go there and you can talk to him and listen to him. And we're going to look at some examples of where in, in scripture, where, where, where they had uh, um, spiritual war rooms set up. Spiritual war rooms create a place to take our problems to God. Go to Exodus chapter 18. Exodus chapter 18. And we're going to start in verse number 13. So that's Exodus 18 verse 13. So it was on the next day that Moses sat to judge the judge the people. And the people stood before Moses from morning until evening. So Moses' father-in-law saw all that he had did for the people. He said, what is this thing that you are doing for the people? Why do you alone sit and all the people stand before you from morning until evening? And Moses said to his father-in-law, because the people come to me to inquire of God. When they have a difficulty, they come to me and I judge between one another and I make known the statutes of God and his laws. So Moses' father-in-law said to him, the thing that you do is not good. Both you and these people who are with you will surely wear yourselves out. For this thing is too much for you. You are not able to perform it by yourself. Underline that there in verse uh, verse 18 or highlight it where it says, For this thing is too much for you. You are not able to perform it by yourself. As children of God, we get exposed to a lot of people. Okay, a lot of people. And a lot of people will come to us and they will start dumping their problems on us. They'll start telling us all these situations that, that they're in. And because we love the Lord and because we don't want to see anyone suffer, we can take on the burdens of the, of the entire world. We can take on burdens that we are not meant to carry and that we are not meant to bear. And that can be overwhelming. And so Moses' father-in-law here, Jethro, was telling them is that you, you sitting here and, and constantly listening to all of these people and, and taking your problems, taking their problems and telling them what God has to say, that's entirely highly too much, you're going to end up wearing yourself out. Okay. So for us, instead of us taking on other burdens by ourselves, we need to take those burdens to God. And again, this is where having that spiritual war room set up will allow you to do that. Because instead of you trying to throw the burden onto your shoulders and putting it onto your back, all you have to do is carry it into your war room and say, Lord, here's a burden that I'm coming, uh, coming to you with. How should I handle this? 
Should I even do anything with it? Okay. And that's what Jethro is, is, is here is telling Moses is that you're taking on way too much. So we as children of God have to be very careful about how much we're taking on. Verse 19. Listen now to my voice. I will give you counsel and God will be with you. Stand before God and for, uh, before God for the people so that you may bring the difficulties to God and you shall teach them the statutes and the laws and show them the way in which they must walk and the work they must do. Moreover, you shall select from all the people able men such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetous, covetousness and place such over them to be rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds and rulers of fifties and rulers of tens and let them judge the people at all times then it will be that every great matter that shall bring that they shall bring you um, excuse me then it shall then it will be that every great matter they shall bring to you but every small matter they themselves shall judge so it will be easier for you for they will bear the burden with you okay now a lot of things that we see there first and foremost all right um Jethro, again, is telling him that, you know, it's time to be able to teach the people how to do things for themselves. OK, uh, uh, there's a saying that goes uh, something to the effect of if you give a man a fish, he will eat for a day. But if you teach a man, teach a man how to fish, he will eat for a lifetime. So what we have to be really careful of as children of God is that as people are coming to us with their situations and with their problems, that we are then in turn, as we pray about and ask God's direction, that we are teaching them how to go to God, that we are teaching them how to pray. We're teaching them how to listen to God, how to apply scripture to their to their lives, because God wouldn't want us taking on everything, all the world's problems. We're simply just not built for that. OK, we're simply just not built for that. In Galatians 6, 2, it tells us that we should bear each other's burdens. However, this doesn't mean that we're supposed to bear everybody's single, everybody's problems or all of their problems, because there are simply some matters that we just don't need to be involved in. Okay, there are just some matters that we don't need to be involved in. But again, having that war room allows you to go to God in secret and in private and talk to him and to find out if there's something there for you to do. Many Christians, we get ourselves overwhelmed because we start sticking our noses in places where it doesn't belong. Okay. And, 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 and we, and we do, we have the greatest intentions. We have nothing but good intentions for doing that. We just want to help people and we want to see people have a relationship with God like, like we have with Him. And we want them to know the truth like we know it. But sometimes we start going in, getting involved in businesses and people's business and we shouldn't even be in there at all. And it starts to create more problems for ourselves. Bearing another's burden means that you show them the same love Christ would have shown them during a time of trouble. But it doesn't mean that you have to be heavily involved. It could simply mean that you just need to pray for them. Okay. It could just mean you, it means you, it could mean that you just need to simply play, pray for them. I know there's been plenty of times, and I'm sure many of you listening to this message are, probably can think of all sorts of times where somebody came to you with a situation and for some reason you felt this little inkling that, I can't get involved. I feel for you, but I just can't get that deeply involved in it for whatever reason. Well, there's a good chance that that was Holy Spirit telling you to know, don't get involved, but lift that person up in prayer. Okay. Pray for them. All right. A war room will allow for some spiritual problem solving to take place. Okay. A war room allows spirit, uh, allows you to have some, some problem solving because now you're not trying to solve the problem on your own, but instead you're actually talking to God about the problem. All right. You ever been in a situation where you don't have peace? 
or you can't sleep through the night because things are just on your mind all the time and you're constantly thinking about what's what's going on you're constantly thinking about situations or you or you feel like life is just a struggle it's just a a a, a burden to just get out of bed sometimes or it's happening way too much or if you're struggling maybe with 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 some level of sickness or or infirmity or some sort of pain or or struggling to pay bills going into that spiritual war room will allow god to tell you this is what you need to do This is what you need to do to gain my rest. Offload your burden onto me and then you'll be able to get some rest. Then you'll be able to get some sleep. Then you will recognize that 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 that, that I am Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. So don't worry about how you're going to pay that bill. This is what I need you to do. And in those situations, sometimes God may even instruct you to do something that has nothing to do with the situation whatsoever. But just by simply being obedient to him, you can be delivered from that situation. But you won't know that. If you don't seek God's face, if you don't go talk to him and if you don't have a private one on one conversation with him and try to make a one on one connection with him, you won't be able to know those things. So the war room creates a place where Holy Spirit can also reveal roadblocks that are keeping you from coming into his fullness. People will try to burden you with their problems, which could create additional issues for you beyond what you're already experiencing. Okay, there are some people out there. And, and you may know them. You may know who they are. I'm sure you can sit back and think about all the different people in your life and, and identify the ones that just like to dump burden on you after burden, after burden, after burden, because they may want you to actually fix the problem. They don't want to actually do anything about it. We can't take on all those burdens. OK, and that's where we see how Moses is being warned here by his father in law that, that this thing is too much. Start to teach people how to fix their own problems, teach them the things of God and what they should do. And then you just take on the larger matters. Co- co- coincidentally enough, and I shouldn't say coincidentally, because I don't believe in coincidences or, or anything like that. I believe God orchestrates everything and everything happens at, at the right time, according to his timeline and to his plan. But if you look here in verse 22, what we see here is we see the, the first management structure is, is starting to be is starting to be established. And we'll see as we go through go through the rest of these scriptures here. So picking up in um, verse 23, if you do this thing and God so commands you, then you will be able to endure. And all this people will also go to their place in peace. So Moses heeded the voice of his father in law and did all that he had said. And Moses chose able men out of all Israel and made them heads over the people. Rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties and rulers of tens. So they judged the people at all times, the hard cases they brought back to Moses, but the, but they judged every small case themselves. Then Moses let his father-in-law depart, depart, and he went into his own, uh, and he went his way to his own land. Okay. So again, we see then in, in these scriptures that we start to see the management structure develop. Okay, we start to see the importance of of delegating responsibilities and you don't have to be a manager of people to delegate responsibilities. Okay, you don't have to be a manager of people to delegate responsibilities. Sometimes somebody just coming to you and saying, hey, I want you to do this, do this. You can say, "Mm, no, that doesn't feel good. I'm going to go ahead and let you handle that. You go ahead and you do it. You deal with that. And I'll go ahead and I'll deal with that. That this that's still delegation. And what we need to be able to do as children of God is being able to recognize when we need to give some responsibilities to someone else and who that person should be. Okay. And who that person should be. Speak with God in your war room and he will tell you who you should pass on some additional responsibilities for or who you need to teach how to 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 solve their problems and who you should be giving giving advice to. 
We need to make sure that we aren't overextending ourselves because while we may have good intentions, we will wear ourselves out. We should not only strive to do well ourselves, but strive to help others do well. Seeking God in our war room will help us to learn how to help others. Sometimes helping others is just letting them be. Believe it or not, sometimes it's just letting them be. Sometimes helping others means you might have to have a heart-to-heart conversation with them and you might have to have a, a tough conversation. You might have to confront them on a particular issue and, and, and it may not feel good in the moment and you might be worried and doubting that it, it's, it's going to have a lasting impact, but sometimes you just need to have that, 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 that confrontation, if you will, okay? It, it, anyone that looks at, if you, if you ever watch sports or you work in any kind of team environment you, environment, you understand that a team that works well together isn't the team that's af, absent conflict. It's the team that has a healthy conflict. Okay. Our relationships with, with, with people and with each other, it, it can't be based off of, or, or it can't be absent conflict. You have to have the right level of conflict and it has to come from a good place in your heart. And more importantly, it has to be something that's driven and guided by Holy Spirit because Holy Spirit may be telling you to go confront an individual about a situation or about something they said, something they did or something they didn't do. The Holy Spirit may tell you to do that. And if he's telling you to go confront that person, you need to be able to go confront them. And you need to do it in a way that God would want you to do it. Something that's going to build in a way that's going to build them up in a way that's going to point them back to God so that they can then start going to God for 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 for, for their troubles. OK, we can do that again by seeking God in our spiritual war room. Your war room is also a place to go to get ready in the morning. Turn to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. And we're going to go to verse number 10. Okay, so we just looked at uh, how a war room, a spiritual war room, allows us to have a place to go to God and to, to, to have Him help us with our situations, to help us with problem solving, to help us figure out who we should be giving additional responsibilities to related to um, any burdens that are placed on us. And it's also a, a place where where we can go to God and lay our burdens before him. Now we're going to look at how a war room is also a place where we should be going to get ready in the morning. So Ephesians chapter six, verse number 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, underline the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, underline that the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. So when you're getting ready in the morning, all right, you got to get dressed spiritually just, uh, as, as well as physically. Physically, we change our clothes and, and we put on well, uh, what we're going to be wearing for the day as we're going out and about running errands, going to work or whatever it is that we're doing. But you also need to get dressed spiritually in the morning as well. And getting dressed spiritually means that we are putting on the whole armor of God because we don't know at times when the enemy is going to attack. So we need to be able to put that battle armor on and that should be getting done in our spiritual war room because that's where we go to prepare for battle. It's also the place where God will tell you where to direct your prayers when coming against spiritual wickedness. 
We see in verse 13 there, it says against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. The battle that we're facing right now, folks, is not against other people. There are forces of darkness that are driving those people. And in order for us to be able to direct our prayers accordingly, we need to understand what spiritual wickedness is in the lives of the people that are coming against us. We do that in our spiritual war room. Okay. Remember now, Satan, when he was Lucifer, he was with God. He was in God's presence. He was in, in, in heaven. He led the angels in praise. He was one of the archangels. So he got to see how God operated. He got to see how God had his heavenly organizational structure set up, if you will. And what he did when he became Satan was he took that structure and he tried to imitate it. And he created his hierarchy, if you will, of, of, of forces of darkness. And it's hard to understand what forces of darkness are operating in, in, in the lives and people's lives around us or in various situations but that war room will allow god to say this is the force of darkness that you need to come against this is the spiritual wickedness over this particular area that you need to deal with that ailment that you have right if you want to if you want to know how to deal with it you've got to be able to call it by name okay and and, and holy spirit can do that when you're seeking him pri privately and you're secret seeking him in that quiet place he'll be able to say rebuke that spirit of infirmity in the name of jesus because that's what's ailing you. You're dealing with sadness. He will tell you, rebuke that spirit of depression. You're feeling rejection. Rebuke that spirit of rejection. Call it out by name. Call it by name. When Jesus was delivering uh, the man that kept bounding him, that was bound up and kept breaking through the chains and throwing himself on the fire and, and was acting wild, Jesus said to him, he said, what is your name? And the response from that demon was legion for we are many. Jesus was showing us there that if you want to cast out forces of darkness out of your life, you want to cast out demons, you need to know what to call it. You need to call it out by name. And in order to call it out by name, you seek out the comforter, the Holy Spirit, who's going to give you that truth and reveal to you what spirits are in operating. So that now when you look at verse number 12 and you see this wickedness in heavenly places, now you know how to actually call it out. And then you start binding it up in the name of Jesus. Okay. We call the wickedness by its name. Verse 14. Stand therefore having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit Underline that in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And for me, that utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly. Underline that open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in change that in it I may speak boldly. Underline this that I may in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Okay. So there you see in, in, in verses 14 through 17, those are the pieces of armor that you need to be putting on when you're getting spiritually dressed in the morning. Don't walk out your war room without having that armor on. Don't walk out of your house without having that armor on. Don't start the day without putting on that spiritual armor. OK, having that war room makes it easier for us to see what God wants to show us. It's hard to watch for what's coming when we are being distracted by other things. Distractions will come and there's no way around it. We, but we need to be able to spot it as soon as it shows up. 
okay, as soon as it shows up. There's always going to be some sort of shiny object that's going to keep our, that's going to pull our eyes away from God. And if we focus on that shiny object too much, then we're not even focusing on God. So if we have that war room, however, and we are using it and we're going, going in there to get spiritually prepared for, for what may or may not be coming that day, we'll be able to spot that distraction before it comes. And even if it does show up before we're able to recognize it, we will recognize it just in time so that we don't uh, lose our focus on God. The war room also allows us to be able to be strengthened so that we can make the boldness so we can have the boldness to say what God needs us to say. Remember, I was talking about sometimes you have to confront somebody and say something to them that and you're not feeling really good about it because it may cause some 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 problems with the relationships. It may cause some strain on the relationship. But if Holy Spirit is telling you to say something, you've got to speak boldly about what it is that's going on. And we see a lot of lies and deceit by the enemy today. Okay, we see it a lot happening in the schools and and, and, and government trying to indoctrinate our kids into believing something that is not scriptural at all, is not founded in scripture. But because it feels good to them, they want to indoctrinate our kids and try to have our kids accepting this nonsense, accepting these lies. And we need to be, especially if you are a parent, you need to be able to speak boldly against that stuff in the name of Jesus and refer back to scripture. And if you don't know the words to say, that's where your war room comes into play. Lord, give me the words to say, this is the situation that's going on. I need help with dealing with this. How do I say it? Who do I address? When do I actually address it? How do I keep a watchful eye for what's happening with my kids in the schools when there's so many school districts that are trying to, 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 to tell the kids things and keep it from their parents? Trying to make it that, 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 that a 10 year old somehow can't, can't, can't share things with their parent because their privacy needs to be respected. That same 10 year old that, that, that isn't, uh, mature enough to make a decision on how to drive an oper, an operated vehicle somehow is mature enough to make decisions regarding their bodies. Those things that we need to speak against as children of God and we need to do it boldly. We can't be ashamed of what the gospel has to say. Before leaving your war room, make sure you are completely equipped with the whole armor of God. Then when you leave, you'll be ready to take on whatever may be coming your way. Then you'll be ready to take on whatever may come in your way. In verse, um, verse number 13, it says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. So if you notice that there in the evil day, this means that there's evil days that are going to come. Okay, this is not talking about a particular uh, period of time. An evil day could be any time that the enemy is going to come against you. So that evil day could be today. It could be tomorrow. It could be next week. It could be in the next five minutes. Okay, so in order to be able to withstand in that evil day, we must equip ourselves with the entire armor of God. When you spend time in your war room, it should be something that's considered sacred. Okay, your time in your war room should be sacred. We're going to go back to the book of Exodus. So we're going to go to Exodus chapter 19. Exodus 19. And we're going to start in verse number 10. Okay? Exodus 19 verse 10. Then the Lord said to Moses, go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow and let them wash their clothes and let them be ready for the third day. For on the third day, uh, for on the third day, the Lord will come down upon Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. You shall set bounds for all the people, for the people all around, saying, take heed to yourselves that you do not go up to the mountain or touch its base 
Whoever touches the mountain shall surely be put to death. Not a hand shall touch him, but he shall surely be stoned or shot with an arrow. Whether man or beast, he shall not live. When the trumpet sounds long, they shall come near the mountain. So, jo so Moses went down from the, the mountain to the people and sanctified the people and washed their clothes and said to the people, be ready for the third day. Do not come near your wives. So if you notice something there in verse 14, it says that Moses went down from the mountain to the people. So what this shows here is that Moses, when he when he's talking to God, he's going to God. One of the things that we need to make sure we're doing as children of God is that we are going to God and that we are not waiting for God to come to us. In part of Isaiah 55, 6, in part says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Well, we can't seek him if we're waiting for him to come to us. You can't seek God if you're waiting for God to come to you. Go to God. We as children of God need to get in the habit of going to him first. And as we go to him first, he will draw closer and closer to us. Don't just sit back and wait for him to come to you. Go to him. Go seek him out. Verse number 16. Then it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there were thunderings and lightnings and a thick cloud on the mountain. And the sound of the trumpet was very loud so that all the people who were in the camp trembled. And Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet with God. And they stood at the foot of the mountain. Now, Mount Sinai was completely in smoke because the Lord descended upon it in fire. Its smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace and the whole mountain quaked greatly. Now, in a lot of times in Old Testament, when God showed up, things like this would happen. Lightnings and thunderings and earthquakes and, and, and fires. Elijah, when he came out of the cave, there was the earthquake and then there was fire. But it said that there was a still small voice and God wasn't in the earthquake. God wasn't in the fire. God wasn't in the wind. But there was that still small voice. We see here that there's these thunderings and a thick cloud that is coming down because God's presence is now about to come down onto this mountain. And today there are many Christians that are looking for that kind of interaction with God before they actually believe that God hears them or that God can talk to them. There's still Christians out there that, that, that will talk and say, oh yeah, I talk to God every day, but he doesn't talk to me. Well, what makes you think he doesn't talk to you? Because I haven't heard his voice. They're waiting for this loud, booming thunder, and they're waiting for this earthquake, and, and they're waiting for some appearance. Like if you, if you look in the book of Ezekiel, as he's describing his vision and, and look, talking about the angel's wings and how the wheels and, and the wheel uh, operated and the eyes on the angels and what they saw and how it moved and, and the great expanse and, and, the, and the throne and the colors and the fire. That everybody, a lot of Christians wait on that. And there's a lot of non-unbelievers out there that are waiting for that for God to appear that way as well. But God doesn't always show up like that. And you can see throughout Scripture that as you after Jesus returned, God didn't show up like that with that these loud thunderings. He he talks quietly. He talks he he talks in a whisper. He talks in in a knowing in your in your spirit. Okay, so we need to make sure that we are not just waiting for these things to happen to listen to God. And again, this is where that spiritual war room becomes really handy because now I can go in there and I can just listen. I can block out the outside world and I can just listen and listen and listen for that still small voice, not waiting for these earthquakes and these thunderings to take place. Verse 19. And when the blast of the trumpet sounded long and became louder and louder, Moses spoke and God answered him by voice. Then the Lord came down upon Mount Sinai on the top of the mountain and the Lord called Moses to the top of the mountain and Moses went up. 
And Lord said to Moses, go down and warn the people lest they break through to gaze at the Lord and many of them should perish. Also, let the priests who come near the Lord consecrate themselves, lest the Lord break out against them. But Moses said to the Lord, the people cannot come uh, come up to Mount Sinai, for you warned us, saying, set bounds around the mountain and consecrate it. Then the Lord said to him, away, get down and then come up and you, you and Aaron with you. But do not let the priests and the people break through to come up to the Lord, lest he break out against them. So Moses went down to the people and spoke to them. Okay. So this, these scriptures here show just how serious it is for us to meet with God. Okay. We need to take that time seriously. We need to make sure that we are preparing ourselves to go talk to God, that we are preparing ourselves to listen to God when he, when, when he's coming to speak to us. Okay. This, we have, for those that, 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 that are working, you have time set aside for meetings, okay? And you, you go to your meetings and you, you listen to me, you're, you, you're listening to what's going on there and, and it's do not disturb me, I'm in a meeting or I'm doing this. That's exactly how our time should be with God. We should be setting that time aside and, and we should be telling, making sure that we're, we're not letting anything come in there to, to distract us, that we are preparing ourselves to be able to feel God's presence and to be able to, 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 to hear from him. Now, I'm not suggesting that you go through these rit, uh, ritual here, if you will, like, they, like they're talking about it. But one of the things that we should be doing to prepare ourselves is that we should be spending some time in doing worship. Okay. Worshiping God will help to, 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 to create that atmosphere in which he's going to come down and, and, and talk to you. So when we are going into your spiritual war room, prepare yourself before you go in there and prepare yourself while you're in there so you can actually hear from God. Worshiping is a great way to do this. Go to Psalm 22. Psalm 22. Verse 22. And we're going to go to verse number three. Psalm 22, verse number three, but you are holy enthroned in the praises of Israel. Our fathers trusted in you. They trusted and you delivered them. They cried to you and were delivered. They trusted in you and were not ashamed. So what this is talking about here, um, when you see enthroned in the praises of, of, of Israel, what this is saying is, is enthroned is another word for that is going to be to dwell or to live in. So when you're praising and you're worshiping God, God hears that and he wants to be there. That's why he takes praise and worship so seriously. This is one of the reasons why Lucifer was kicked out of heaven was because he saw what praise and worship did to God. And, and he saw how the angels were praising him and how much they were adoring him. And he wanted that same kind of attention. That's why he got cast out. So God takes that praise and, and that's where he wants to be. And, and if you're spending time in praise and worship, his presence is going to is going to be around you. And those forces of darkness, they can't stand God's presence. They can't stand God's presence. I'm telling you from experience, there are times when I've been feeling down and out or I've been feeling sick or, or something's been going on, got some sort of ailment. And I can just break out into some praise and worship. And all of a sudden, everything, I just start to feel better. I just start to feel better. Okay, I remember one time I was, uh, I, w I was laying in bed and I just wasn't feeling good at all and and felt like I was going to throw up and 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 I remember going into the bathroom and and I shut the door and I just started praising as much and I didn't have a lot of strength I didn't have a lot of energy I was feeling really weak and not feeling really well at all and I did what I could to praise God and I can tell you after a, a period of time in there number one not only did I not throw up but I could literally feel a a 
a warming presence that was going throughout my body that was that and I just knew in the moment that I was being healed. And by the time I walked out of there, I laid down, went to sleep, woke up the next morning like nothing was like like nothing was wrong. I was totally healed. Whatever it was that was ailing me during that night, just getting up in praise and worship actually brought God's presence in there. And I can feel the healing going through my entire body. Okay, so praise and worship, it invites God's presence. It chases away the darkness and it brings about healing and strength. It brings healing and strength. If you've ever been in a church or even if you've done this privately, uh, when you praise God, I don't know how to describe his presence when you feel it. Okay, but you can just feel it. You can just know. Okay, this is why it's important when 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 you're in church and and praise and worship is going on. This is why it's really important to make sure that you're not just mouthing the words just to be uh, um, treating it like a routine. But you're really, really, really paying attention to what you're saying and trying to make that connection with God. Because I'm telling you, surely as I'm standing here today, as you're listening to my voice, you will feel God's presence. He will come down to you and you will feel him surround you. And it's just such a wonderful, 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 wonderful feeling. Praising God helps us to prepare our uh, our conversation with him and to be able to hear from him. Praise is also a true sign of surrender. It shows God that you don't care about how you sound or what you look like. And when you praise God in your secret place, you're not worrying about how you sound. You're not worrying about what you look like. Too many times as Christians, we, 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 we don't want to raise our hands. We don't want to sing in church and we don't want to praise God because we're worried about the person next to us. Well, if you are focusing on praising God and that person is focusing on praising God and everyone else is focusing on praising God, nobody's looking at you. And what God looks at is he's looking at your heart. God judges based off of what's in our heart. And if you truly want to make a connection with him, don't worry about what you sound like. And when you're when you're in your spiritual war room, praising God, and since you're in there by yourself and no one's in there, that's a great time to just let loose, if you will. Just praise him. Don't you're not nobody else is in there and nobody's judging you on how you sound and what you look like. And as you do that more and more in your spiritual war room, you'll see it is so much easier to praise God when you're when, when you're when you're together collectively in, in a ministry. Or if you're around some friends and family, you're just getting together for, for, for prayer. It's so much easier to do with that. But more importantly, you have to look at what's in your heart and making sure your heart is ready to praise God. A lot of times we do things for others to see. Like we saw back in the book of Matthew, it's not about what we do in public, but it's about what we do in private. What we do in private guides us what we should do publicly. Okay, What we do in private will guide what we should do publicly. Because as we're seeking God privately... He will instruct us what to do publicly. This is why it's important to have a spiritual war room. So what should be in your spiritual war room? Well, as we saw in Psalm 22, God inhabits the praises of his people. So your spiritual war room, you should have some music in there. 2023, it's easy to find music digitally. If you've got a smartphone, I mean, you can go to Pandora and all sorts of music apps and download music to your phone. Or if you have a, a smart device somewhere, you can use that to pray to, to, to have some music. But praying, playing some really good Christian music, some good worship music, that'll get you in the mood to start worshiping God. And it'll start to create that atmosphere that, that God is going to want to come down and spend some time in. You should also have a Bible in your uh, spiritual war room. Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing 
and hearing by the word of God. So since you're going into your war room to hear from God, it would be a good idea to have your Bible there as well so that he can point out some things to you in scripture. Okay, because he will. Maybe you're wrestling with something that you heard an individual say and you're like, this person said this is in the Bible and I read that scripture and it's just not, I don't know, I'm not seeing it. Well, bringing your Bible into your spiritual war room is a great way for God to be able to say, let me tell you what that scripture actually means. Let me show you some other context within that scripture. Let me point you to some other scriptures that, that will help you understand what it is that I'm trying to say. That help you understand the deeper mysteries, okay? And it doesn't have to be a physical Bible, like a paper Bible. It could be electronic Bibles. There's, there, there's so many Bible apps out there. There's some really good ones that you can, that you can use. So if you've got uh, a Bible on your phone, most people have their phone with them on, on, on them all the time. Bring that phone with you into your spiritual war room so you can pull up, uh, pull up scripture and see what God says. You should also have something to write with and something to write on. Again, with the advances and advancements in technology and the smartphones that have been out for the, for, for, the, for the last, I don't even know how many years, smartphones have been out now, they have all sorts of note-taking apps. Great place to go in there and, and, and to take some notes. When Moses was in his war room, if you will, which was the top of Mount Sinai, that's where he was given the Ten Commandments. That's where he was given the Ten Commandments. He left the people so he can go talk to God and so he can hear from God, and God gave him the Ten Commandments. Habakkuk 2.2 says, Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. So while you're in your war room, God may share something with you that's for the future. Writing it down will ensure that you don't forget it and will help you to keep a watchful eye out for it. Okay, So have something to take notes on. There's times when God has woken me up in the middle of the night to share a couple of things with me and I'll just grab my phone from, from off my nightstand and I'll take some notes in there. Okay. And then if he's calling me to get up, then I will get up and I will go talk to him and I will go seek him privately to see what he says. Okay. So I can hear from him. So he can share with me whatever it is that he's wanting to share with me. And don't forget in, in the gospels there, there are different occasions and quite a few occasions where Jesus went off by himself to pray. So Jesus was even going into a war room, if you will, so that he can privately pray and that he can hear from God. He went to the garden of Gethsemane by himself and asked God for this cup to pass from him, but only if it's his, if it's God's the father, God, the father's will. Okay. So even Jesus understood that he needed to get some time away from pray to, to pray. Having a spiritual war room will allow us to get some time away to pray. So how do you find a place to make your spiritual war room? The easiest way to do it is just to simply ask God, Lord, where can I set up this war room? And don't go crazy about it. It can be anything. It could be your bathroom. It could be a spare bedroom. It could be your actual bedroom and you just shut the door and just tell anyone that, hey, when I'm, I'm in here right now, I'm going to go talk to God. Let me be. OK, it could be your garage. It could be your car. It could be this. <laughs> There's times I, I remember driving into the office and had some things that I was wrestling with and a pretty challenging day. And I would pull into the into my parking space there, pull into the parking lot there, park the car, turn up some Christian music a little bit. And he would start talking to me while I'm in the car. At that moment, that was my spiritual war room. That was my spiritual war room. My actual office in the building became my spiritual war room at times. I shut the door and play some music and, and just start praying and listening and talking to God. God will tell you where to set up your war room. 
Just seek him and just ask him. He will show you exactly where it is because it literally could be anywhere. And then once God points it out to you, be sure to use it every single day. Every single day. Spend time in that war room. If you live by yourself, it'll be easy to pick a pick a pick a, 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 a space in your house to do that. But if you live with others and so you have to share spaces, whatever that space is that's become your spiritual war room, do something to let somebody know that you're in there to spend time with God. Okay, you're in there to spend time with God. Do not disturb. This time is sacred. The same way that Jesus or, or that God was telling Moses, don't let the people come up, put those barriers around because God knew that, that, that see, God and Moses had a, had a special relationship, if you will. And so not anyone could just come up to that mountain and touch it because they weren't, in, they weren't on the level of uh, holiness, if you will, so to speak, that Moses was on according to God. That's why he was able to go up because of how God was using them. But now that Jesus came and returned and sent Holy Spirit to us, we all have access to God the Father. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't be using our time and, and, and thinking about our time with God as being something sacred. Protect that time. Make it sacred. Use it every single day. And watch God work wonders and miracles in your life. Well, praise God. I hope this message was a blessing to you. And before we close, let's end in prayer. Dear Lord God, Jehovah, most awesome and wonderful Lord God, King of kings and Lord of lords, we just praise your most magnificent name, Lord God, and I thank you for these words that came forth today. Lord God, I pray for everyone that has listened to this message, Lord God, that they would have a renewed strength to search for you, Lord God, and to seek you out, Lord God. I would pray that you would reveal to every one of these listeners, Lord God, where it is in their respective places of living to be able to set up a spiritual war room, Lord God, so that they can come to you and they can seek you and they can get some direction from you, Lord God, so that you can move in ways that they have never seen you move before, Lord God. Lord God, I pray that everyone that has heard this message, that they would get these words sunken deep in their spirits and that they would come bubbling up whenever they would need them. That you would guide them and encourage them to be able to share these words with others as well so that they too will be glorified, Lord, because it is not your, excuse me, that you, Lord, should be glorified and that they too will be, will, will, will be, will be victorious in everything that they set their hands to do, Lord God. Lord God, I pray that this message would just Continue to bless those that hear it, Lord God. I pray that you would continue to watch over us, that you would continue to, continue to strengthen us, and that you would continue to guide us, Lord God, in all things. These things we pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen and amen. Well, praise God. I hope this message was a, a blessing to you. And if it was, think about passing it on to friends, family, and loved ones, and anyone that might be even giving you a hard time. Uh, our web website is genesis1.sermon.net. Uh, and if you click on the subscribe button on there, you will be notified anytime new content is posted. We also have apps on the Google Play Store as well as the Apple App Store. And we also have a YouTube channel. You can find us at Genesis One Christian Ministries on YouTube. Everything is made free uh, because we know that it's not God's will for any to perish. And we just want to spread the word of God all over the world uh, to anyone that, 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 that wants to hear it. And we just want to glorify him in all that we do. So. Praise God. Again, I hope this message was a blessing to you. Uh, I hope that this this message also creates strength where strength is needed and it would set free anyone that is feeling uh, chains of bondage to anything. And, and more importantly, that this message glorifies God and know that 
Anything that you do for God ultimately will glorify him. And if you're looking to glorify him first and foremost, then he's going to be happy with that and he's going to continue to bless you. And it will bring others to God as well. So praise God. I pray that you go in his peace and that you remember that you can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens you. Stay blessed.